Welcome to tonight's episode of Myths and Stories. Uh, tonight, we are going to be going over, uh, in a looser form than normal, uh, mostly by nature of a large majority of the lore information on the new items being still classified in the API and thus not available online for me to have in front of me in a note form. We're just kind of going off the cuff this time around. Um, have read a lot of the lore cards on the different items, the weapons and armor sets and things. And so we're going to focus on the ones that we found particularly interesting today, uh, as well as just general impressions of the season overall and, and the intro to the season, I should say, as well as the dungeon, which dropped on Friday, because that is really cool too. And you know, we're not going to be doing any kind of our, our usual deep readings of lore because we can't um i blame the api yeah uh but we're going to be going over um some of the things that stuck out to us that probably wouldn't make it into their own series uh unless things are really expanded upon but i think are are worth looking at so yeah that's the plan uh and if if you if you haven't caught on by now um and you haven't or how should i put this there will be spoilers for the dungeon and some of the yes. loot from dungeon and collectibles from dungeon. So this is kind of like a little spoiler warning right here. Uh, if you are still going into the dungeon blind, good on you. I highly recommend doing it. Uh, that's what pretty much all of us did. Very fun, enjoyable experience to do it all blind. So final spoiler alert. It's happening. Okay. Yep. Dungeon. Yeah. Uh... Again, I also highly recommend going through it on your own if you can. Uh, we're not going to be, this is not going to be a guide to the mechanics. Some of the mechanics may be lore relevant, and some of the boss names definitely are. 100% so, are. There you go. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's, let's start, before we, before we jump into the dungeon, let's start just with the season as a whole. Yeah, do we, do we want to look at what the hell? Um, first off, yay us. <laughs> give ourselves another pat on the back we are we man i'm i'm over the moon with how well we predicted what was going to happen this season or at least how this season was going to start obviously throughout the whole season no clue where this is going like maybe a little bit of a clue but as far as like what the theme of the season was solar being with cabal with it all anything cabal related would be callous related anything callous related would be darkness related anything of that nature would be callous as a disciple i mean ev- all of this we were over the moon stoked about um yeah yeah it feels it it you know not trying to to toot our own horn here or, or you know be arrogant about it but uh it feels good to to feel like we're we're picking up what the breadcrumbs that are being left to, to come to some of these conclusions so you know it's just that that feeling of you solved the mystery or or you're on the right track at least yay we could be de- um, we could be detectives now no <laughs> no no uh, <laughs> no thank you <laughs> so leviathan is has the leviathan has come to leviathan moon. leviathan is all the things we predicted it might be in our trailer uh episode where we where we talked about the trailer the exploration <laughs> of it is freaking awesome like to have it as a as just an explorable zone of just like wander around and look at this thing. So I mean and 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 we mentioned this a lot too. Any of our 
any of our listeners who were not present for the the beginning of Destiny 2, this used to be a raid. Like this was the raid that we talked mm-hmm. about uh, for for a long time uh, during our our um, Cabal history. This was the ship that Callus was exiled on. Like he, this is the ship that he rode to the edge of the universe and talked to the witness, and and the witness told him, "Hey, come come see the end of the universe with me." And he was like, "Okay," and then was like, "God must be God. Must be talking to God." Um, yeah, and and everything about this is fantastic. I love. Oh, we have a name for stuff now too. I think last episode we didn't have a name for the for the hentai tentacle porn stuff from the darkness. It. Ha- I mean, it, we the the flora. We yeah. probably did have a name for um, it. We just didn't pay attention. It, it was it was pointed out to us after the fact that uh, it was in fact the buff that you got from shooting the similar like spores in the glycon was in fact called egregore yep. at the time uh and they they've you know eris has now said that a number of times uh through the um the encounters and, and whatnot so yeah those the the darkness vines and plants are apparently called egregore i'm just saying um, i think darkness has a little bit of a hentai fetish yeah well so, i'm not judging him for it i'm just pointing it out that's all it is. Go him. Everyone needs a hobby, right? Right. And uh, it, it is interesting, though, that the Leviathan is now covered in this Fucking stuff. Fucking swimming in it. Um, it is everywhere. And we we get some we we do get some interesting information about it. Uh, so this is is a little bit ahead of. Uh, where we are at the moment, because this is a dialogue that comes out of the dungeon, I believe, one of the collectibles in the dungeon. Um, but Callus makes mention that he's the one that brought the Egregore on board the Glycon and presumably the Leviathan as well, because it has such a connection to the darkness. Right. Uh that he purposefully brought it to use it to strengthen the connection between the crown of sorrow and the, you know, the witness who he was trying to contact. And, and that would make sense. Uh, like to me, I mean, if it's, if it's part of that, if, if it's connected to the darkness, that's yeah. All, all of that makes sense to me. Yeah. So, but the, the Leviathan we get is very, um, similar to the to the the raid space as far as like all of the areas are the same all of the um you know the statues more or less are there yep but it it's it's got this coat of paint uh that is just kind of foreboding and dingy and like it looks like it's been left to rot yeah oh absolutely uh, as much as you know gold and and gems can rot. I was going um, to say, how, I mean, can gold tarnish? Gold can tarnish, right? Like silver? Oh, yeah, it can tarnish. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It just turns your so skin there, green. But, yeah. <laughs> that, might, that might be but, a different um, rash that I'm getting. <laughs> there's lots of overflowing. I love, I love uh, how myths just flat out like, I'm not touching that. <laughs> nope. There's there's lots of this overflowing um, growths, this darkness growths that are 
everywhere now. Yep. Um, blocking access to some areas that we could get to before. Um, and I say in other cases, I just it gives it a very spooky vibe. I love the horror feel that they've got um, with this. Like it's it's gone from this very regal, this very welcome to my Leviathan, bask in its glory, to this like horror hellscape. Like mm-hmm. death is everywhere, and not just death. I mean, nightmares are everywhere. We're seeing the same like the the patrol the patrol beacons there are the nightmares. Some of, some of them are some of the callous bots, right? Like some of them are the Benedict 99s. Um, yep, and, a few of them. And yeah. others. I think the like survey ones. I think you're right. I think all the survey ones are, are the Benedict 99 robots, um, the little sweeper bots uh, that used to be in the tower, um, but are obviously, they're all gone. Uh, and then the, the rest of them are the, the nightmares, like from the moon, because Leviathan is, is hovering over the moon. Like he, he drove this thing straight to the moon and was like, hey, look, pyramid ship that might be useful yeah and and that's kind of where the seasonal story begins because it's not just hovering over the moon it's hovering over the moon as it's actively establishing a connection of some sort between the leviathan and the abandoned pyramid ship on on luna yep. uh, from shadow keep and uh eris talks about the nightmares um and she says that the nightmares that we saw during Shadowkeep were were not created with intent. Right. It was a a security system essentially to keep people away from this pyramid ship. That it drove people away by taking whatever thing they were most scared of and having it run at them, literally. Uh and but now, now that Callus has made this connection and has some level of control over whatever power is allowing this these nightmares to exist, uh, he is actively maybe not directing each individual nightmare, but he's actively um creating them with the intent of uh unsettling of uh causing despair in the the guardians that are trying to to stop him absolutely um and so we have kind of three uh character key characters that are focused on this season um and those are uh, or I, I guess four i should say but the the ones that i think we're going to be having to help them with their nightmares are going to be um crow with the nightmare being aldrin uh Keitel with the nightmare being Gaul and Zavala and we don't have confirmation yet I think but it's all but certain that the nightmare is that of his wife I was going to say I'm um, I'm going to say it I I think I 100% think it's Zavala's wife Yeah and actually quick quick little shout out on that uh so Zach L on Twitter was kind enough to uh, remind us after we had put out our um, trailer uh, recording where we first mentioned like I don't know that I don't think she was in the in-game lore anywhere but there was talk of her out of the game uh, and he reminded me that she is mentioned in-game in one spot and that is the Forbidden Memory uh, ship from Season of the Splicer Yeah, uh, and it doesn't talk about her uh by name or directly but it's um zavala pl- 
placing a, a candle, uh, I believe, during um, Festival of the Lost uh, on the, the monument um, and, like, just has a quick moment of remembering uh, a woman yep. and then quickly, like, shuts it down in his head saying, like, no, I, I don't, I don't want to you know, remember that person. Yep. Uh, so <clears throat> that just lends more credence to that. That is who this nightmare is. Yep. Well, yeah. So but, like, uh, so. um, and like all of these nightmares are very much like, I mean, all the interactions we see with Crow and his nightmare through the seasonal, uh, activity, the, the sever, um, they, they, God, the storytelling here is top notch. Oh yeah, yeah. They continue to impress with their their narratives, um, and I I think the nightmares by nature of coming from the person that they're haunting, quote unquote. Uh, like I think they then also have all of that person's memories and and thoughts. That's what it seems like. Um, because they they dig at whatever the worst thing oh possible my God, is they do. and just don't shut up about they it. They do not. <laughs> well, and that's, that was something I was going to ask you too. So on the, on the moon, these nightmares were a security system of the pyramid to like keep people away from it. Um, right. What is it about? Do we, do we have any info about this security system other than it is a security system? Like, do we have any of the inner workings of it? Like, why does it choose? Why, why, why does it? I mean, I guess the the memory portion kind of makes sense because it's tied to darkness. Like, we've already mm-hmm. established that that darkness and memory kind of go hand in hand. Like, that's that's the whole thing with the darkness is it it is making you remember, and the light is is not necessarily making you forget, but the light is about taking away the memories to give you a fresh outlook on something or a a purely um objective yeah so that like i mean why why is it why is it picking like the darkest things in our other other than it just being tied to darkness like well i think it's we don't have anything official that tells us for sure like this is how it operates this is what it's doing and why it's doing it um but i my guess based on what we know, uh, by nature of being a security system, it originally wanted to keep people out. Sure. And so, of course, it's going to try and find something in that person's memories that, you know, is is going to cause them to run away. Sure. Get away from it. Um, and the most efficient thing to pick is whatever their worst, you know, whatever their most feared thing is sound logic to me (laughs) and uh you know in the case of the guardian it was some of the you know big enemies the guardian has faced that you know had very large uh you know tallies by the time that we we took them down absolutely Um, i mean you had things like crota you had gall you had mm -hmm. uh um tanix you had uh i can't think of some of the other ones but i mean they they were all very much big name like very yeah, there were big things. enemies in the past. Yep. Yeah. Uh so I I think it's interesting. Um I I think that still 
that makes sense as a security system. And I don't think that bit has changed much. Um, I think it's just now Callus can control it enough to say, yes, continue doing that. Continue finding the deepest, darkest, like worst possible thing for this person. And then just never leave them the fuck alone. Like, break them with it. So Don't it's just almost, get them to go away. It's almost switching from, like, a passive security system to an active security system. Is what it seems like. Yeah, it, there, there's intent to it now. Right. Like, like it definitely seems like Callus is actively trying... I mean, I'm not trying. He's actively, like, screwing with people. Like, oh my god, dude. We need to get to the Sever mission because I am like losing my brain over here. <laughs> the, the dialogue okay, in that okay. thing is so, nuts. So yeah, we'll we'll go through the Sever mission then. Um, I I one thing I want to say real quick. I don't think Callus is specifically like picking out oh crows aboard the Leviathan. I'm gonna like tell his his uh you know nightmare to say these things. I think it's just a he has set the system up absolutely to uh, instead of just be like push them away at all costs it's now attack them and you know like don't, changing don't the just intensity be defensive of it. Like, like be be offensive be aggressive be offensive. Be, be offensive yes. be be in their face like a security system that would normally be kind of like a like a level a level one security system callus has now cranked it up to 11 and said yeah free reign go for it lose your mind literally yeah, in, these, I, in this case i don't think during shadow keep at least we never saw like Eris had the nightmares of her, her former fire team that were haunting her that we helped her move past. But I don't remember any of them having conversations with her. It was just kind of their images were always there, you know, maybe like whispering things at her, but it was, it was never like, they never seemed antagonistic in the same way that these nightmares are. I didn't think of that until you just said that just now. It, it's absolutely passive. Like, they they never want, like, there's the one scene of the whole, like, you're all insufferable. But she's, they never, you're never hearing them talk. And even, even when you have your own nightmare there, it never talks. Like, it's just very subtle, subtle whispering. Like, just enough to freak you out and go, shit, maybe I shouldn't be here. Maybe I should go somewhere else. But now this is, I yeah. mean, this is full on, like, poke the bear. There, they're villain monologuing in some cases oh my God, at this yes. point. Uh, so yeah, get, getting into the Sever mission, for this week at least, this is only the first one that we've seen. Um, yeah, it, we're following Crow, uh, and it, it seems like the goal of these missions, and this was a little unclear to me, but it seems like the goal of these missions is we're trying to find key areas to sever the connection between the Leviathan and the pyramid. That's what I think too. And because we're setting up these beacons in, all over the place. Yeah. And in, in the way that we do that though, is not only to set up these beacons, but is also to have the characters that have had these nightmares attached to them, uh, to defeat that nightmare. Yep. Um, and I, this is this is I guess worth rolling back on a little bit. Uh, as we saw in the trailer, Eris performs like a ritual of sorts. Uh, Straight up, exorcism. and that ritual, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that ritual permanently ties 
her and Zavala and Crow and ourselves um to like to the these nightmare visions aboard the Leviathan with because that is somehow containing them in a way that we can then sever the connection. That that wasn't super clear to me. I was going to say that was one that I couldn't figure out if she's tying us to the Crown of Sorrow because the 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 Crown of Sorrow is just chilling in the helm which I have lots of things to say about this. Whatever genius thought that this was a smart idea. I mean, whatever. Maybe it was Osusurus, whatever. It's fine. Whatever. Well, the the helm's no longer in the city, at least. Uh, it's a and ship. I, it's a ship. It is a ship, and it's floating over the moon. And there is a dialogue piece. I I can't remember if it was, um, in. It, it might have been in the the Eidolon pursuant, uh, armor set, but where Eris is telling Zavala, like we, you know, we didn't use the crown until it was in orbit away from the city. And essentially, there are countermeasures if it gets out of out of hand, which I took as like, there's a self destruct button on that ship. That's what I'm thinking. We need it. Uh, that's what I'm thinking. Hey, th- here's this dangerous artifact tied directly to the hive and darkness and all this other stuff. Hey, why don't we just you know dick around with it? No, let's not do that. Right. That might be a bad but, idea. So, but she does use the crown in that ritual, and I I do think we are the she's. Used I think the we're bound crown. to it somehow. She's used the crown, I think, to tie our minds to the crown, and then she has tied these nightmares to the crown as well, like our personal nightmares. And something about that allows us to to sever this connection. It, it was a little unclear, um, but she speaks to us telepathically yep. through the crown. Yep. Um, like that. That's your vendor for the season. Uh. God, so, but we go through the sever mission, giving us gear. That doesn't seem like a horrible <laughs> right? idea at all. Doesn't seem like a problem. It's, it's all a, a lot old of it, stuff. I was going to say it's all it's all memory yeah. stuff. Oh my god! I never made that yeah. thought till just now. Like, it, okay, all right. Way to go, Bungie! You you fucking got us. Okay, I see you. All right. It was good. It was good. It was good. They've done good this time. This is this is again. Each season just keeps getting better than the one before. Like I can't. Oh, absolutely. I, 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 can't, I can't say that enough. But, so we go through the Sever mission. Really cool mission. Uh, really good like dialogue work. Um, I know some people are... It seems to be the communities of two minds with them giving Crow as much screen time as they have since he you know, became a character way back in uh, Beyond Light. Sure. Uh, but I, I really enjoy what they're doing with him. As long as they conclude this like redemption arc in a, a satisfying way, and I I think they will. It it does seem like he's still kind of on this redemption arc. Like it it seems like it's still like the sins of your past are haunting you forever. Well, and I think this is hopefully kind of the end of that because I think so. th- this is him overcoming that. You know yep. that that's he has to, uh, in order for them to you know sever the connection between them he has to face his nightmare so i see this season as being kind of the end of his uh getting over his past and then going forward will be you know whatever character development happens uh because of that and we actually get a little bit of it which i want to talk about after the we go through the sever mission because it's oh i love it okay 
Well, before we do the sever mission, uh, we had to do something on the on the Leviathan, right? We had to we had to do a containment to get yeah, uh, which to get something. I, we I, were absorbing nightmares into the the seasonal artifact into that like totem relic. I yep. uh, and it, yeah, I think that's maybe what that ritual did was allow us to like pull nightmares in and like we funnel them into this this relic of sorts so then uh, if we're thinking of this as a security issue or a security measure thing are we basically getting like a backdoor key i don't know the the there there was never a very clear explanation of how this was going to work or i missed it i i should rewatch the cinematic maybe uh it might just be that we're trying to exhaust the system Oh, sure. By devouring all the nightmares it can make. Absolutely. Um, you know, making ourselves the target of all these nightmares and then just that would totally make sense too with the armor set. So anyone that hasn't put this together, the Eidolon Pursuant armor set, um, Eidolon literally means uh, ghost or image of the dead, Pursuant being hunter. Ghost, fucking, ghost hunters, Ghostbusters. Ghost we're straight up uh, fucking Ghostbusters. Dude, the, the Warlock chess piece has a little, like, trapper on the belt. Like, as yep, soon as I saw the yep. little, like, ghost trap on the belt, I'm like, ah! So that, maybe maybe that's literally what we're doing. We're just drawing all of these nightmares to this totem, and we're just sucking we're just them all trapping in them. until there's nothing left. Do. Ray. Egon. Thank you, 1987. You're the best. But yeah, so uh, so we're definitely it, it, as far as like a like what are we doing in game? We're doing something to either overload the system or just take power away from the system as a as a security yeah. measure, um, or the the security system as a as a way of defeating it or getting its its guard down so we can do this sever mission so we can get in there and sever the 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 whatever whatever connection that the that Callus has made with this nightmare system to the people that it is connected to, we're trying to just completely rip that connection apart is, is what it seems like. That's the ultimate goal here. Yeah. And uh, because if Callus were to gain full control of the Luna pyramid and all, and the ability to create nightmares at will, the fear is that he could then, you know, it just start invading the city with nightmares and, cause mass chaos and like that and if he's got it if he's got a pyramid ship that i mean first off right. that means he's a disciple like that's that's well the and whole... it's already been stated yep that he is a disciple because that is, was the tweet from bungie was a disciple that. a disciple returns a familiar disciple returns yep. and when they said yep. that like as soon as i saw that tweet i know myth and i both lost our freaking minds it was like oh my god we called it um <laughs> So yeah, like it's Callus uh, is definitely a disciple. Yeah. So to the to to gloss over the sever mission because I'm not going to go over all the the dialogue that happened there, but Crow is trying to do this ritual. We're defending him, uh, and he's being constantly like psychologically attacked. Oh my god! Uh, by the the nightmare of Aldrin. Um, so good. Uh, there are so many times where Ultron's just like, well, you would have done the same for Mara and blah, blah, blah. And Ultron, like, there's a few of times where he loses, he just loses it and just gets p- 
pissed. And you hear Golden Gun going yeah. off in the background. Like, he's trying to shoot his nightmare away from him. Like, Well, that was with the scorn. Oh, that's right. That's uh, right. I, I think that that piece in particular bothers him the most because uh, there's a little bit of a dialogue where Aldrin tells him, like, you know, if even if you don't try and become me, like, the scorn are going to drag you down that path anyway. Yeah. These, this is your creation. These, you made these. Even though, even though, like Crow, technically, or as Crow as Uldren did it on a subconscious level by being controlled by Riven, uh, to make the scorn, it's it that's still the scorn itself still haunts him. Like I think, I think that's yeah. another kind well, of. They like still mini- call him father. Absolutely. Like, even when he fights them now, they still recognize yep. him and call him father. And to, to Crow, who's very has a very deep connection to the Elixni, you know, the, these are Elixni zombies, yeah. essentially, that, that he created in a yeah. past life. And that's just another thing that, you know, haunts him. Yeah. And so it's it's ammo for this nightmare. Uh and uh, I did I did really like there's a, a piece of dialogue where um uh, Aldrin says uh, something on the lines of, uh, "You know, you're you're one small push away from becoming me." And Crow says, uh, "Everything I do, I do because I want to," which was a really awesome uh, kind of reverse of him as Aldrin saying, "Everything I did, I did for her." Yeah, at the end of Forsaken. Uh, it gives me a little bit of hope. That just, just a little bit. That he's he's going a different path. I I I think he is. I think I think that he the the fact that he knows all of his memories. He knows what he was before. He 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 like because Savathun gave him all this stuff, right? Like it was an experiment on her end. But the the res- any any participant in an experiment can have different results and different. Uh, uh, um, what would you call that? Different uh, analysis of of what the experiment on them has as a whole, and so since since for Savathun, this to give him the memories back was very much like, okay, what happens if I give a a guardian their memories back? Does it fuck them up? Does it does it drive them insane? Do they revert to their old selves? Who knows? Let's see what happens. And for Uldren, it was very much like a, okay, I've been given my memories back. I don't like the person that I was. How do I how do I keep myself from from becoming that? And we're seeing a lot of that um, now of Crow trying to stop himself from becoming anything even remotely like Ultron. And I I think that's actually going to be a conflict yeah. for at least these first couple weeks because Eris at the end of the mission he he fails to complete the severance because he can't deal with the the nightmare. Um. And Eris tells him, like, this this isn't something you can fight. This isn't I think she says this isn't a knife fight. You need to accept what they are saying into yourself yep. and acknowledge that what they're you know what they're telling you are truly your fears. And like that's how you get over this. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and Crow is Crow is very resistant at first. He says, No, I'm going to enjoy ripping Aldrin out of me and I I think what he's going to come to realize and and has started to come to realize a little bit already is that like 
Aldrin did terrible things, but at at his core, some of some of his his uh you know traits are the same and not inherently bad. You know, Aldrin was a bit of a, a hotshot flyboy. Crow is too. Yeah. That doesn't necessarily mean that he can't he needs to not be just because Aldrin was. Like he he shouldn't be denying parts of himself because somebody bad happened to also have those parts. Absolutely. So I think that's going to be the main struggle, at least for the first couple severance missions, however long Crow's arc goes, because it it seems based on the triumphs that we're going to get severance missions for each character. Absolutely. And uh, multiple missions for each character. So I'm I'm assuming there's going to be like a a time of um you know failure, and then they come back after you know the next week or whatever, having learned what it is they need to to get you know get through it and then they succeed i think so too uh um while you're inside the severance mission there are there's a um callous automaton uh somewhere in there that when you go find him he says some fucky shit to you like borderline like insanity stuff but i I say insanity stuff like it's it's he's 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 full darkness now. He's he has drunk the Kool Aid. He is drink and grow fat from darkness. He is full on, like yeah, fuck the end of the universe. Let's do it. Let's 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 end it all. Let's let's. I'm gonna be the herald of it. I'm gonna be the god that brings about the end of the universe. Sweet, come join me in my in- universe ending thing. You know, uh, you'll you'll die from it because obviously I'm ending the universe. But uh, yeah, why not enjoy it? Suck it. So yeah, but uh, when when you pick up the when you listen to the first one, it gives you a little triumph. And when you go to the triumph, uh, there are seven uh, seven different severance missions listed, and it's almost like the the seven stages of of grief is what I think it is. Um, it's like uh, oh shoot, I can't remember what the names of them are. Um, anyway, each each one is like a different like remembrance and closure and grief and resolve and all that stuff so it's it's like it's 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 a very interesting thing there and so the fact that there are seven there and there are four people that are tied to these that are actually tied to these nightmares right because it's it's uh, not callous um crow zavala uh keitel and us so what i'm curious of are we going to see two each there and then one of our nightmares and I guess the question would be, who would our guardian's nightmare right. be? What is our nightmare? We've never had anything that we are. We are VIP 2014. We have never come across anything that shut us down. Like Gaul took the light from us. We came back from that. Crota killed so many people. Different fire teams took down Eris's entire fire team. We beat Crota back. Atheon was like, I'm going to control time. And we're like, fuck you. We're going to go to your house and kick your balls in. And then we threw them off a cliff with our little solar grenade thingies. I mean, every the Taken King came to our solar system with the intent of like, I'm, I'm taking this. This is my shit now. This is my home. And we were like, get the hell out of here. And kicked him into the Ascendant Plane and then kicked him out of the Ascendant Plane. Was like, suck it. I mean, every single thing we've come across, we have never had anything that's been like, 
the level that we're seeing with Crow, this level of like regret, this this like failure as a person come across us as the guardian. So there's there's like what would be our nightmare? Would it just be that little comic strip that you found that was like, yeah, those are the Val pants or those are the Val. <laughs> those like, are that loot that you never that's got. That's the loot that you never uh, got. That's what it is. I I if if we have a nightmare, I see it taking uh one uh there there's there's a couple possibilities I see. I see it being either ourselves from our visit uh where the witness took on our form to talk to us in the Garden of Salvation briefly. Sure. Show like like the 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 equal and opposite side of our um light, right? Like the darkness side right. of us. Uh or I see it and along the same vein, well, I see it either as like the witness, but we've never our characters never seen the witness. They've only ever seen the witness as a mirror image of ourselves. Right. Um so it could be the witness, but with our face. Oh, uh, huh. That's that's freaky. That's fucking freaky. <laughs> <laughs> or their nightmare could be uh, I take the form of ourselves or our ghost, specifically from the time period during Forsaken. I was and fixing I, to say. I don't remember what the... It was a weapon. I think it was a hand cannon. It, it might have been called Thin Line or something along those lines that came out in Forsaken. That is the the lore card of it is our ghost telling us that they're scared of us and scared for us because we're going on this that this bloody path yeah. of redemption. And I it would be very interesting to see if our like if our characters haunted by what they did during or, that time or what we didn't get to do because that would be the most. So follow me on this one. Same time frame, Forsaken. What if our ghost is Cade? Yeah. That's the one time that I can think of that we, as the, as the key guardian of the solar system, has actively failed. We went in to contain that prison break, and we did not save Cade. Like, we didn't keep Cade from dying. That Oh, man, wouldn't that be fucky? Dude, I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. Like, if that's a thing, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> so there's nothing to say two people can't have the same nightmare, but somebody already has the nightmare of Cade. Oh shit! And th- this is, this is, I don't have it in front of me because it's still classified, but it's on the Trespasser, the the new exotic or reprised exotic, I suppose, Repri- for anyone that played D one. <laughs> I love how we're doing that now. Like, there's so many things yeah. from D1 coming over that we. It's hard to keep track of what isn't D1 now. Like, this is just World of Destiny now. Is what we're doing. The the exotic that came with the season, uh, Trespasser. The lore card on that is Ikora trying to board the Leviathan to be of assistance, and uh, she is on the leviathan for a total of like maybe 10 seconds and is be already is visited by the nightmare of her best friend that she she couldn't save and also couldn't avenge 
Oh, shit. Because Zavala was like, we're not an army. And at that scene where she's like, this is Cade we're talking about, and has her hand on the on the cloth. And then your guardian, that's like the first time your guardian speaks, and he's like, no, I'll do this. Oh, man. And uh, that's that's the knife that the nightmare of Cade twists is he, he starts repeating her own words back at her. He goes, you know, I thought you were going to mount the prince's head on his own precious throne. I yeah. thought you were going to, you know, move just, you know, move the reef to, to find my killer. And now he's in hunter garb on Vanguard missions. Dude. Okay. Uh, so well, it's shit. It's a rough I one. <laughs> so I hadn't read that one yet. Now I'm gonna have to go read that one after this. But holy shit, if that's yes. her coast, or if that's her nightmare, shit. <laughs> yeah, she she stays on the Leviathan for a total of like thirty seconds, and then Eris tells her, you know, maybe maybe you shouldn't be here. Maybe maybe just go back to the tower. Maybe just maybe 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 go back to the helm. Take a take a Xanax. Chill out for a bit. But yeah, I think an, another interesting character interaction that I want to talk about, and this may be a book that we do in the future as a whole, but I want to at least talk about the first chapter that you get after completing the Sever mission this week. Uh, and it's, it's the first chapter of the lore book called Voices of the Haunted. And I think this scene really does a lot of character growth, and it, it was one of the first moments for me where I, I thought I could I could really see where Crow might go as a character. Ooh. Uh, so Voices of the Haunted takes place immediately after the Severance mission, the failed Severance mission, chapter chapter one does. Um and it's Eris and Crow. And Eris uh is the most well equipped of any of the current guardians to know how to deal with these nightmares, but just grief and uncertainty and imposter syndrome. Absolutely. Uh, Cause she, she's been through some shit. She has um, been through some shit. That's an understatement of the year. Yeah. So she takes crow aside and takes him camping. Uh, and the place she picks is the shard of the traveler from the original uh, D2 campaign. Oh, sure. Uh, and also from Forsaken, it's the same shard yep. that Darkness Corrupted Aldrin like takes a Unloads. shard of. <laughs> Unloads Ace yeah. into it and <laughs> until it won't fire anymore and then just pulls a shard of it out in his hands like, oh, hey, look, I've got a pure shard of light, Traveler tile. Like, let's go. Let's go dick around with it, see what happens. And uh, that's that's what that place means for Crow is him as Aldrin interesting you know, struggling against everything happening to him and like beating up this this image of the traveler to to steal something from it and she brings him there very purposefully sure uh because he tells her when when they get there he's like this is not a place I want to be this is not a place that I have good memories of <laughs> can we go home and now <laughs> essentially but she I uh, she tells him like I know that this place means you know bad things to you it means dark things to you but to others this was a beacon of hope this oh. this is what allowed us to fight back during the 
the Red War. Absolutely. Uh, and and kind of starts their their interaction with like, you know, your view of things is not always the only view of things. And they it doesn't go into detail on exactly what they discuss, uh, but it just says that they they kind of sit at this little campfire that they build, um, for for a long time, and you know talk things over and like again it it, it does that that whole like they talked for a long while kind of sure kind of thing. So we don't know what they said, but it seems like Crow is in a little better headspace when they when they finish their conversation and they're just kind of comfortably sitting around the fire. I, w- I wonder if it gives them enough like I-, I wonder if that's like her way of like reassuring him like hey as shitty as times are right now or, or as they seem to be everything's going to be okay like and 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 not just that but even even more so to like hey I know the severance thing didn't work the first time let's go give it a, a second shot is what that I mean Yeah. That that's what that says to me. And I think she even says during the mission that, you know, like this retreat is not a weakness. Right. Like we, this is something that is going to be difficult to get through. You know, we can try again. We'll keep trying again. Um, and the, the very end of, of this card is really what stuck out in my head. Uh, because as they're just kind of sitting at this fire in, in comfortable silence, um, Crow says to to Eris, "How long has it been since you've used since you've felt the light?" And she's, you know, it's like, I, you know, it feels like lifetimes. Sure. And uh, and so Crow goes, "Okay, we'll we'll come here." So she comes over and stands next to him, and he summons a golden gun. He takes her hand. And so he has one hand on the handle and puts her hand on the handle. So both their fingers are on the trigger and he shoots off around just kind of yelling into the night sky, you know, venting his frustration in in a yell. And then he tells her, you're up, Hunter. It's your turn. And while he's holding it because it's his golden gun, she's pressing his finger to press the trigger. And it just ends with, you know, uh, and for the first time, Crow saw Eris smile. Essentially, holy uh, shit, dude, that's a powerful moment. Because we never really think of like Eris the hunter. We always think of Eris the creepy three-eyed lady with an Ahamkara right. bomb, walk, wandering around the universe, dicking around with shit and darkness and and end of end of days stuff. But we never really think of her as Eris the hunter. And that would totally be a right. Eris the Hunter thing to like just summon a golden gun and start popping off rounds. Holy shit! And uh, it, it was it was a very heartwarming moment to read about. And what what the thought I had was that's what the Hunter Vanguard would do. Like that oh, that's something shit. I could see the head of the Hunters, you know, making a hunter feel like a hunter. Oh my god. So that that I think is the first moment or one of the very first moments where if they really build his character that way with that kind of like compassion towards his his fellow guardians which he 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 has but he it's been lost amongst all this other stuff like I think they could make him a really cool vanguard I think that's happening 
I I think that's happening. Like like before when everyone was like, oh, Crow's the new Hunter Vanguard, and everyone was just like, fuck that. I'm not dealing with Aldrin in the tower and blah 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 blah. They are really really building on this story for him and this and this like I I my as my wife is over here just like screw that guy like poor guy can't take a break. At least from her he can't. But um so yeah, like it like that's I think that's super cool. Yeah, I'm pro crow. I think so too. I'm I, I think I'm, so too. I'm 100% pro crow. And I I think it it was especially powerful because I read that chapter immediately after listening to the absolutely gut wrenching audio between Crow and Amanda Holiday. Oh. 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 <laughs> I, do you think they'll uh, ever hook back up? You know, this this may just be my my like fan fiction mind going. I want a happy ending. I want uh, a happy ending for Crow. <laughs> I want him to have a friend. But she did so. It's so done. Like I think I don't think they're gonna hook back up anymore. I think that they're just that. Oh, oh. I think my my very optimistic viewpoint i hope and i think that this is this is week one this is the very first audio <laughs> that we've got for the season you so stay i'm optimistic. hoping i'm hoping that it's a case of like this was the big blowout you know and then we're gonna slowly see some reconciliation as as time goes on oh but this brings up an interesting thought amanda holiday is human I don't necessarily know that there's going to be like a romantic relationship because that's what it seemed to start out as, right? Like when you read through some of the some of the lore cards, like yeah, like he t- they they go out to dinner together. It's it's very much seems like a romantic relationship. It it read as them being flirty for sure. Yeah, uh, but I think they could they could turn it into like they they reconcile and it's just you know it, it's it's just a very strong friendship. Because that's what Amanda had with Cade, essentially. Was right. like he was he was her best friend. Wasn't wasn't full on romantic, but definitely definitely very very friend. Very close yeah. friend. Yeah, yeah. Uh and I, I see this was like the inevitable like thing even last season we could see from the the what was it, the Ivory Queen, uh Sparrow. Yep. Um and the sweet sorrow auto rifle like we could see that stuff was starting to build to some kind of big blowout between those two. Absolutely. Uh, so I I think this was it, and then they're they're gonna go back to their their respective tents or whatever, and and think things over, and then eventually you know hopefully meet in the middle somewhere. You don't think there'll be a a little REM in the background? Just everybody hurts. <laughs> Right? Is that? Hey, you know, if Destiny ever gets a, uh, hey, a TV we, show, we had Paul McCartney. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> that might be a bonus ending to this episode because I got some words <laughs> about that too. Uh, yeah, no, I I can definitely see like REM in the background. Just everybody mm-hmm. cry. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. That's happening. That's headcanon now. But so that's kind of the end of uh, this week's, you know, bit of story. And and we're not going to go over every week's story, I don't think, unless it's just absolutely phenomenal and mind-blowing stuff. Um, But I think this was a really good start. And there's a lot of 
cool things and a lot of like introspective themes that they can work from absolutely uh, with with this story absolutely and uh i'm excited to see where it goes i am too so yeah so that brings us uh to the dungeon uh Mm -hmm. duality uh holy fucking shit this this (laughs) This was a a fun one dude i every dungeon i keep thinking wow this is this is it this is what destiny's about this is the this is the pinnacle activity for pve like this is this i mean this is just short of a raid right like this is like what if a three-man raid and this every single dungeon just gets better and better and better and better and and then to have the story that's being told along the side this whole time like as you're going through this dungeon if you're if you there's these little like broken bells that are like broken with with darkness and like if you're going through and listening to all those through the whole thing and like where you're picking them up in the dungeon oh my gosh i oh 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 so let let's let's explain a little bit yes. about how the dungeon works <laughs> um because it's it's relevant and it i is. i agree absolutely love the dungeon fantastic uh piece of content um i feel like i draw it it it's a lot more impressive to me how they have woven narrative into it than absolutely. say mechanically because the mechanics are very cool but they're very they're very simplistic there's not much there um but the fact the story you're getting as you're going through things and the fact that the bosses you encounter in the dungeon have direct story relevance and and make sense based on what you're learning about this location. Yep. So the the duality dungeon uh is not a physical space. We are literally jumping into the mind of Callus. Uh Eris has found this Callus statue, this effigy uh that has a direct connection to Callus's uh kind of subconscious, I guess. Yeah. I think of it as a, like a networking thing now. Like before I thought of it as like cuz I I think I even asked you this too. Like there's 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 a I think we I think we covered this in the Glycon episode where like they're putting gold plates on this callous looking thing and I I thought that that statue was callous. But I guess it's more of like there's it's it's like an effigy automaton where it's like this networked conscious that he can just link between yeah. all of them, I think. Yep. That that's my interpretation. I don't think that's literally callous. I think it's just a case where because if it like callous would need to be mobile. He wouldn't just right. sit himself in a gold statue and, right. and, and just be there. Especially right. not with any guards or any, like not in an area <laughs> Eris could just find him and start hooking shit up. Uh, <laughs> he just, he just, <laughs> I could just I'm just thinking of the statue and he's just standing there, like can't do anything, like, hey, stop that. Don't touch that. What are you hooking up there? No, put that away. Don't touch me there. <laughs> Shit. I, if I recall correctly, I think Eris says something long, something about this statue being particularly infested with the like dark egregore. Yep. yep. Um, and because the egregore is what is used to was used to link the link mines via the the crown of sorrow um like we are using its connection to callus to to invade his mind absolutely um presumably without him knowing because he never addresses us 
uh, during the dungeon, he's kind of internally thinking about things. Oh, good point. And the reason why the dungeon is called duality is because we see kind of Callus's interpretation of things, or or we we've been calling it Callus's dream world. Yeah. And then when you hit one of those bells and it flips into a new place, it's like a dark mirror yep. of that dream world, which we interpreted as Callus's nightmares. So Absolutely. we're literally traversing through his dreams and his nightmares. Uh, and it's it's pretty interesting. We were taking note uh, as we were picking up collectibles, because uh, there's, there's I think, 12 collectibles throughout the dungeon. Yep. Um, and there, some of them are in the dream world and some of them are in the nightmare world. And from what we could tell, the ones that we picked up in the dream world were all uh, triumphant or happy memories yeah, good or times. happy interpretations yeah. of events where the nightmare world uh, collectibles, the, the dialogue that went with those were all bad events or, or, in some cases like kind of the dirty truth behind things that callus had had done yep uh or or regrets or regrets yeah um one of the examples is i think the very first and second uh pickups uh collectibles or, or first and third something like that um where the first collectible they're in the same exact location too just flipped uh in the different worlds the first pickup is talking about Callus um, overthrowing the Praetoriate, which we talked about was the military um, governing body of the Cabal prior to Callus becoming emperor. Uh, and he talk, and it's him giving us this speech, presumably to followers about like we're gonna overthrow the Praetoriate. You know they've they have done nothing but bring us down. We could be so much greater as a people. We need to revolt and. You then go to the nightmare side and you go to a collectible in the same spot, but a little deeper down the hallway, almost like you're probing deeper in his mind kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and that version is the same thing is him, is him, you know, getting rid of the Praetoriate, but it's kind of his internal dialogue saying like, I'm not doing this for the people. I'm doing this because I want a better place for my daughter yeah uh which is you know it, you could argue is is still pretty pretty virtuous to want a better world for for his child absolutely sure. but that was just like the taste of what he's saying is not always what he's meaning internally and then it just kind of goes from there with the following collectibles yeah it's and, and it was a interesting thing when we when we first came across that one I didn't I didn't realize this but uh and and I don't I don't know if we ever touched on it during the history of the cabal stuff that we did the males of the cabal are are like the the nurturers the nurturers of cabal children whereas like the mothers are like they stand guard and 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 watch like they they the I I I always thought that dynamic was kind of cool like cabal are much less sea turtles and more or space rhinos space turtles and they're more space seahorses yeah um so that particular piece comes from the dungeon's armor 
uh, and it, it's told in a very interesting way. So each piece of armor uh, has the same exact dialogue on it, but depending on the piece you're looking at, different portions of the dialogue are redacted. So you have to get all of them and then kind of like write it out Holy between shit. the different pieces. That's a to, cool way to, to do get it. the full message. That's a cool yeah, way to do it. Was do a it. really cool way. Um, and that that full message is more or less a uh, callous talking about what got him to where he was it, 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 as far as like in a mental state during right before his exile. Um, and he talks about the fact that like Keitel, his daughter, was his whole world. Sure. Uh, and that's where he mentions like her mother did the ceremonial like standing guard outside the house while Callus was the one that cared for her uh 24/7 like and as or said it seems in the the cabal like biology it's the males that nurse the the children um and so he he had a very uh what we would maybe consider maternal connection to to Keitel. Absolutely. In that, it he talks about the fact that like when, when he realized that Keitel had grown old enough to not need him anymore, like that that she she wasn't relying on him anymore. She was off finding her own interests and doing her own things, and not like was pursuing a life that didn't include him. She's a teenage girl with a car and a cell phone. <laughs> It that's the poor that like that's where he started to um look for distractions essentially. Uh, Interesting. Like, reading it, reading it, it almost sounds like um he he was going through a period of depression. Uh, like he was turning to this grand opulence and throwing parties and doing all this stuff as a way to like drown out his loneliness from his daughter no longer needing him. Holy shit. And that's shit. how he started down this path of of, you know, parties all the time, essentially. Holy shit. That explains a lot. Now, clearly I don't I think like he he's he's now trying to be the herald of the end of the universe. So Absolutely. I'm not gonna say that he's, he's taking it to an extreme. He figured right? anything out. Yeah, no. He's just <laughs> right. all he's done is He's been exiled, like he's done all this stuff. He's exiled, met the darkness, and now he's just he's just taking that opulence to an to an extreme. Like that's this is like, okay, cool interview. Like screw it, I've lost everything. Let's just party out to like you know party like it's right. 1999 again, and and you know we'll herald in the end together. Like yeah, no, that's I I think that's what that is. I think that is the 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 theory or the the thoughts that are going through Callus uh as he is now yeah um and when we're when we're going through the dungeon it's it's more or less uh the the dialogue bits that we get are kind of uh bits and pieces of callus's life as emperor um you know him talking about taking down the praetoriate him talking about um uh, i say the the uh, one of the the encounters is you're literally fighting commanders of the people that did the coup that yep. the that co-conspirated the coup. I thought that was a super cool like little thing there. You're 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 unlocking the ultimate like the that that encounter is called the vault. And so like you're unlocking 
this door into the deeper mind, the deeper part of Callus, uh, of his mm-hmm. mindscape. And that whole time you're fighting these, you know, it's so-and-so of the, you know, sworn to so-and-so. And all these people are all the people that were part of the coup that, like, ended Callus's reign of opulence and, like, kind of brought the Cabal people back to the, to the, I don't want to say back to the old ways, but kind of grounded the cabal people, right? Like, like brought them out of this opulent living, this this grow fat on the life of everything, like, and and really kind of brought the brought them back to a, a more grounded type people. And it's just brought them back to that that like militaristic conquest. Sure, sure. You know, because Callus was uh, replaced by Gaul. Right. And Gaul was, was very much like conquer, conquer, conquer. conquer. Yep. Um, he had the Red Legion. He every single, every, never lost a battle until he got to us. And yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, uh, well, and before that, uh, uh, before that one, there's another, there's another fight that happens. That's the first fight. And uh, this fight was just super neat. Like you, you drop into the space where it's, uh, it's the cloning vats of the leviathan yeah and you fight a nightmare of a clone um quite possibly the most important clone question mark uh, yeah i mean um you it, i i wonder if it was if this is saying that like callus has a regret i think for so creating uh galron is is the nightmare we're fighting is is a the Nightmare of Galron, um, who was the, uh, for those that maybe haven't listened to our, our series on the Cabal, um, that was the clone that he specifically created to be the bearer of the Crown of Sorrow and to try and, like, take over the Hive. And we get, we, through some of the memories, we get some more insight on that, too, on why he did that. Yeah, yep. Um... And it, it, we learned that he was specifically warned not to mess with Savathun and her stuff like by she, the witness. She is Tom Fuckery, and don't dick with that. And he decided, yeah, but I know better. <laughs> I, I've got ways <laughs> I'm, around. I'm a god. I know what I'm yeah. doing. <laughs> I have ways around that, you know, that witch's spells. Uh, and so he... I like he created Gowron to to be his proxy, essentially yeah. with the crown. Um, and apparently, ha- Gowron is a nightmare to him. Yeah. Um, because it, it maybe failed. what Gowron, right? It failed, and now I don't know if if he shows up as a nightmare because he regrets putting a newly born Gowron through <laughs> that, or if he shows up as a nightmare because he regrets. Uh, doubting the that, witness, that like sat, yeah, doubting the witness, and and like that Savathun was better than him, or or yeah. had like planned a trap that he couldn't avoid. Well, and if we think about this as far as like a as as like a a series of events, we know that Savathun was was being groomed to be a disciple. So that means, I mean, clearly she was in contact with the witness, and mm-hmm. and for yep. for the witness to talk to Callus like. Hey, don't you know? Don't screw with Savathun. Might have been less of a hey, don't you do that, and more of a like hey, I've got plans for her. Don't worry about her. We'll you know I'll handle this type thing. Like 
and then Callus yeah. thinking, you know, thinking that he is a god, like, because, and I'm curious as where this, where this actual god complex came from, because, I mean, we, 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 obviously the whole depression thing and, and, and living this life of opulence and then getting thrown out, like, did that, did at some point in time he truly, like, believed he was a god, I think, uh, like. Yeah. I, I don't know where that started. Uh, but yeah, he, I mean, he mentions it himself multiple times. Like I, you know, he, he says, uh, even, even prior to this season, some of the stuff we read off in our cabal series, he was re- referencing himself as, as a God. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know where he gets that. Maybe, maybe that was after his initial meeting with the witness. Um, was you know he he goes oh i am the herald of the end of the universe i am you know i am the uh, a god of of uh the dark yeah i uh, but he's he's keeping up with that idea absolutely <laughs> at is. least but yeah so for him to for him to actively like i'm i'm curious if it i man it almost seems like a jealousy thing right like because that was the whole thing with rook like Rook was was right. pretty much really bitter about having to watch Sabathun from a disciple standpoint from the witness, and now we're seeing Callus in kind of the same, almost like the same mind space, right? Like this, like, oh yeah, that's cool that y'all think Sabathun's the greatest thing on the in the universe. Well, you told me I was the greatest thing in the universe, so what? You know, there can't be more than one greatest thing in the universe. So who the hell is it? And are they all just trying to prove themselves? Like, are they all just? Is this Callus's way, like, for him to take on the idea of, like, oh yeah, I'm gonna make Galron, I'm gonna, I'm gonna control the Hive, I'm gonna be everything for the, for the, the, you know, I'm gonna work the crown, I'm gonna make it do what it, what it does, like, yeah, I'm gonna have all of this power. Is that like his kind of like throwing a fit over Savathun? Uh, I don't know that that's the case. I, maybe. I mean, that I might be where it, it started, at least. Um. And you know now now he's probably living it up because he's like Savathun abandoned you and yeah. was killed at the hands of the guardians. Like, Suck it. look at yeah, look at how far she fell. She's not worthy of of being a disciple, but I am. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, I could see that being kind of where his head is at at the moment. He's probably kind of smug about it. Oh, he absolutely's got to be like. To have possibly failed, mis- well, I say possibly failed, to have failed miserably in their first attempt, and now it's like, ha ha, you think she's so great and awesome, well, guess what? She's dead, and I am not, and so is Rulk, and I am not. Mostly because I wasn't here, but let's gloss over hey, that. Hey, not the point, we're just, <laughs> yay, it's like, yeah, so we have we have that nightmare, the Galron nightmare of, yep. of and and every time you fight when you're fighting when you're fighting Galron it is in the nightmare space it's not in the dream space yes. like it's definitely in this like this is a bad space to to Callus like this is a and and it it technically that's true of all of them i think you're only ever dealing damage the vault you're doing it in the dreamscape you're right the vault you're doing in the, the vault- dr- well probably because in the dreamscape it would if he had like been victorious over them that would have been yeah, like that's that might be something he wished for but didn't happen. Sure, sure, absolutely. So, 
if if we want to try and attribute some symbolism to it, that that could be the case. I think so. Um, and and well, there's, then there's also the idea of like you're opening this vault to like the the deeper portions of his dreamscape. Right. Yeah. And which leads us to the final battle, which is against a nightmare of Keitel. Yep. So Callus's greatest nightmare, his the the thing that scared scared and or scarred him the most was the betrayal from his own daughter who meant so much to him who was the heir apparent she was going to take the throne like she was the heir apparent uh the that gun is named after her <laughs> so his yeah his his worst fear is Keitel. Is Keitel. Um, is the betrayal of Keitel. And so that, that's who you fight. That's who the boss is. Uh, and very interestingly, again, although you can see her in the dream world and she attacks you, you can only ever do damage to her in the nightmare realm. And I'm curious on that symbolism. Like, is, is that saying that, like, that's the only place that he could, that he could possibly hurt her is, is in his nightmares? Like... Or is or is it a nightmare Maybe. that that he is that you are able to hurt her? Like is is that the is that the nightmare? Is that the symbolism there? Like, you know, in a perfect world, you could never hurt my my heir apparent, my daughter, my my greatest creation. But now in this nightmare space, you can hurt her. Like that's and and it takes a lot to hurt her, right? Like there's a very specific ser- sets of things that mm-hmm. you have to do. You have to get her close to the the bell of conquest, which is a very very highly. Uh, um, uh, symbolic thing for the cabal people and and to ring it near her and 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 to get her vulnerable to be able to be attacked like is is that the regret is the or is the regret like i need to kill her because i i i i couldn't save her i couldn't i couldn't help her become the greatest cabal ever like there's so many there's so much symbolism in this fight that's told on us on a, like a very subtle level that i just oh so great so fantastic the storytelling here yeah uh and then and then that's that's the dungeon essentially like you you fight you fight the nightmare title yeah um and you get pulled out and eris is you know gives you a little bit of a debrief uh and then you you can go right back in because it's farmable (laughs) exactly it's so awesome like it's all like it again mechanically this thing is fantastic all the spaces in it are awesome the the whole switching between a dream and a nightmare like it's oh dude top notch top freaking notch um but yeah well and then so so the, we have we, so we have the seasonal stuff we have the the sever mission we have the the stuff on the leviathan we have the dungeon uh kind of going back to the leviathan uh you can do the the containment um mission over and over again and every time you complete it, uh, well, I say mission, it's a public event. Um, yeah. Every time you complete it, uh, there's always a set of dialogue there. And it's, it's, it's always different. Uh, there's, I want to say there's like five or six different dialogues. And some of these dialogues are pretty deep. Like, I know mm-hmm. one of them is, is Zavala talking to, he's talking to Crow like, hey, I've seen you logged a lot of hours on patrol this week. Maybe take a break. You know, like, I, I clearly clearly crow is trying to get his mind off of something i think it's a little bit of amanda i think it's a little bit trying to get his his mind off this nightmare you know failing the severance mission like i 
Yeah. He's he's trying to stay busy and at the same time make up for his previous failure. Absolutely. That, uh, Saladin took the took the heat for. Absolutely. So and then he even kind of retorts to to Zavala, you know, maybe maybe take your own advice, and he's just like, yeah, maybe you're right. Um, and then another one is uh, Eris, Eris and Crow. Crow's asking Eris about uh, her ghost. Um, mm-hmm. And she talks about, you know, this that was my first friend. You know, that was my connection to the light. That was, you know, my ghost was everything to me. Like that's, and there's there's so much sadness in this. Like I like just hearing Eris talk about her ghost is just. Oh, tears. Yeah, it's 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 so touching. It's so like, ah, uh, it's it's sad and it's and it's it, it's everything. It's so emotional. Um, I think another one is uh um another one is Keitel, but I don't remember exactly what she. I don't was... know that I've gotten that one. I've gotten yet. a Keitel one, but I can't remember what she's talking about. And I swear, there's one about uh... Eris talking about Zavala. Or Zavala um, talking about something with Eris. It sounds like I've yeah. It sounds like there might be a few that I haven't heard. So the the other two that come to mind for me is there's one that's uh, Crow and and Al- the Aldrin nightmare, um, right? Where he's he's kind of taunting him, you know, more. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, I I don't remember the exact context of that. I think it was um oh it was like that you're ignoring Mara, uh, you know, that you're trying to, to, you know, that ignoring her hurts her. So you're trying to get back at her. Uh, and he says, you know, I'm not doing it because I, I mean her ill will. Um, and, and he, you know, the nightmare of course latches onto, Oh, so you admit that you are ignoring her though. Yeah. Uh, any, any little thing to drive that knife a little deeper, right? Like, yeah. Uh and kind of to to uh show the other side of that, there's a dialogue between Crow and Eris talking about Mara, where Eris asks him, you know, now that you have your memories back, have you had any desire to to reach out and and contact Mara, your your Ooh, sister? I haven't I haven't gotten and, that dialogue yet. Yeah, and and he says, you know, she's sent some correspondence, but I, you know, I, I have been I've been too busy to to deal with it. Uh and Eris Mar- tells Mara him, knows like, that Aldrin's gotten his or Crow's gotten his memories of yeah, Aldrin she back, knows. right? Like, yeah. She knows. I mean she was there. Um Right. Uh and er- Eris more or less tells him, like, you know, I, I understand. I-, I I get why you may be hesitant to do to-, to reach out to her, uh, but know that she is, you know, more than what you perceive her to be. Uh that, that she has helped you know, just as many people as you may feel she's harmed and, you know, essentially says like, don't, don't judge her without knowing her as you and, you know, know her as crow, not just know her as what Aldrin knew her as. Interesting. Um, well, and Eris has a very deep connection with, with, uh, Mara. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I presume now, do we, do we know if, I, I don't know that it's ever been confirmed or not confirmed. Was Eris ever in Awoken or was she human? We still don't know. We still don't they, know. I think they have very, either very carefully or they've just forgotten at this point. They never mention yeah. uh, what she was what pre-Hive. Is. I mean, now she's just Hive. 
So she she could have very well been awoken. That would make a lot of sense. But we whatever it is, she has us, a very really close know. connection to Mara. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, she all she refers to her as my queen. Like she, yeah. So there's there's two other lore pieces I want to touch on. Okay. Um, that are not dialogues, but are worth uh bringing some attention to. Okay. Um, the first the first one is centered around Eris again. But in this case, it's Eris and the Drifter. Uh, and all of these lore cards are on the Eidolon uh, Pursuant armor. Uh, and it, it's kind of talking about Eris, um, you know, going through some investigate, uh, investigations uh, and trying to find out more about this egregore uh, plant. Sure, because that shit's all over the drifter ship. Right, he's got it on his ship, and um, I again, I don't have him in front of me because API is locked for probably until tomorrow. Uh, but from what I remember, it's she goes to his ship originally and is asking him like, "Hey, where did you get this? Like, what do you know about it?" Uh, and he plays his coy. You know, uh, I, I've been all sorts of places. I don't remember where I pick up every little thing. Loopy drifter doing my loopy drifter Yeah. Right, yeah. Uh, and she kind of is like, yeah, whatever. You know, call, right. calls about his shit a little bit. Um, and he's like, well, wait, wait, wait. Where are you going? Where are you going? They um, they end up kind of doing a little, a little bit of planet hopping, if I recall correctly, um, trying to track down some additional information. I... And he tells her where he where he found it. It was outside of our system, I believe. And uh, she, you know, goes, "Would you, would you have, you know, would you take me there?" And he he refuses. He goes, "No, that is not a place that anyone should go. Never going back there. Uh, evil place. Evil place. Evil place. Bad touch. Um, Don't go there." But it's. Again, this might just be that community fan fiction going, but through the course of these uh, armor pieces, the di- the dialogues on these armor pieces, you get a sense that maybe something's going on between these two. Oh, there is there is definitely some fan fiction going on there. I'm 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 here to tell you I, I and this is a quick shout out to an artist and I cannot remember her name. Uh, for the life of me, I found her on Twitter and fantastic artist. Uh, but she does a lot of of Drifter and Eris, uh, art, and it's just it, if if I can if I can find her again, I'll I'll give her another quick shout out on the podcast. But I can't I cannot remember the life of me her name. But yeah, I there's I think there's something going on there. Like at at first I thought it at first I always thought it was like a straight hatred. Like like when you listen to him throughout like the season of arrivals with their little banter back right, and forth. Yeah. Like, it seems like she's just like, fuck you. Like, get off my back. Like, get, go, go take your darkness and be your enigmatic self somewhere else. Like, I don't want any part of you. But like the more and more, like you listen to the banner between the two of them, like, I mean, they even went to, they, they went to uh, Europa together, right? Like that, like they were part of the three man yeah. team that was there with, with, with a stranger and strangers, fish ghost, which we still haven't, scene bungee so it's it's funny it's funny you say that this armor set 
also mentions for the first Get time the, f- the fish ghost. God damn it. Uh, I want my fish it ghost. It doesn't give us it doesn't give us any information. All it is is they go back to Europa. They they go to investigate the European um uh ziggurat. Sure. Uh essentially if I if I recall correctly, they discover or Eris tells her that like this stuff resonates with dark with with the right. darkness um yep. the force and so she the air goes to europa yeah she she goes to europa with like a pod of this egregore and you know uses it on herself while she's at the ziggurat and has some trippy experiences where she's like feeling connected to different things in the dark did she just grind it up and smoke it like shrooms? Like, what is happening? <laughs> I, uh, I mean, she has the drifter light it on fire, so kind of shit. <laughs> um, no, this is straight up like psychedelic. Like, hey man, you want to do some, you want to do some Aragorn? Sure, man. Or Egregor? <laughs> yeah, man. Let's go get some Egregor. We'll we'll get that stuff. Yeah. But what it tells her, what she discovers is that she can feel, while she's under the effects of this stuff, she can feel a connection between the European Pyramid, the Luna Pyramid, the Leviathan, and something else. Holy shit. Way off in the the distance of the solar system. Uh, Holy shit. Which was a, was a little like, ooh, spooky things are coming. Um... But in that like same lore card, <laughs> yeah, in, in that same lore card, the, the introduction of, like, they've arrived on Europa is Eris comes to base camp, and it's Drifter just yelling at the fish thing, going, what are you? <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, just, he's just doing exactly what we've been doing. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. So you don't get any, in, we don't get any information about it other than it still exists. Damn it! But they did—they've recognized that it exists now, officially in the lore somewhere. Well, then we might get it as a Eververse thing. Like I don't know. They—they they had to have acknowledged it, right? Like there was so much outcry from that that it—they it, it, had to acknowledge it, right? Like they—they they had to, because otherwise people were yeah. get, people were gonna lose their shit over it. But, but yeah, the the ending to these lore cards is you know they're. And and throughout these these lore cards, at least a couple times, they've like eaten together. You know, sure. They've gone instead of going their separate ways after the end of a particular, you know, discovery. Um, like they'll actively like go grab food together and stuff. So there there's at least some kind of friendly relationship going on there. Yeah. Um, and she ends up calling him by his actual name, which is Germain. Oh shit! I. Instead of rat, which is how she <laughs> normally refers to him, uh, she absolutely does that constantly. <laughs> so that was kind of a, a we learned a little bit more about. I'm assuming that thing that's connected way out there is probably the witness on his way. Gotta be. Um, Gotta be. But it was it was another little intro into like you know we got the the nice little heartwarming scene with Eris and Crow, and now we see, like, Eris is kind of having a friendship with the Drifter now. Um, like, yeah. there, there's, there's hope. 
there's there's optimism there's which hope. on one on one part i'm like yeah this is this is great i love seeing these characters develop and and have good things happen to them not just bad things <laughs> and on the other side i'm going these are all death flags <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Are they going to kill off Eris? <laughs> Are they going to kill off Eris? That's, I mean, that's. I maybe. hope not. Maybe. I mean, her name is pretty similar to another character that had an untimely death, so. Wait, who? From, from Final Fantasy VII. Oh, shit. <laughs> All that aside, I thought that was a, another cute little piece of dialogue or of a yeah. lore card there. Um, so the, I think, last thing we're going to talk about tonight um, is a little more mysterious. Ooh, uh, spooky. And, and I actually have some lore available that I can read for this one. Yes. So. We have, we have. If if you're going where I think you're going with this, we possibly have information hidden hidden deep within the text of Destiny <laughs> lore cards. We have found some secret information about the Pyramid of the Moon. Why it's there? Who was its disciple? Where did they go? Why did it do stuff and junk? Well, we still have a lot of those questions. But... Okay. We we maybe have made some connections. This is all speculation, and I am sure I am. You know, we are not the first to think of this after the the reveal of the new glaive, which is entitled Nezarak's Whisper. I uh, for those that are not familiar, although it is a very popular warlock helmet now, um, Nezarak's Sin is the first and was the only for quite some time mention of some kind of being named Nezarak. So uh, I'm going to read the lore card for the Nezarak Sin exotic uh, and then try and make some connections to how that might tie into what we learn from the Nezarak's Whisper Glaive. So the lore card for Nezarak Sin goes like this. He is that which is an end, and he shall rise again. Passage from Of Hated Nezarak, a pre-Golden Age text. He is that which is end, that which covets sin, the final god of pain, the purest light, the darkest hour. And he shall rise again. When the guiding shine fades and all seems lost, he will call to you. Fear not. All he offers is not as dark as it may seem, for Nezarak is no demon, but a fiend, arch, and vile in ways unknown. He is a path and a way, one of many, and his sin, so wicked, so divine, is that he will never cower when dusk does fall, but stand vigilant as old stars die and new light, capital L, Blinks its first upon this fetid eternity. So that's the card for for the helmet. Okay. Uh, so there's there's a second mention of Nezrak by our good friend the Drifter, where um, 
This is in one of the lore books from Season of the Drifter where uh, he's talking to Shin Malfer um, and talking, regaling him with all the places he's been. Shin is essentially like, yeah, okay. Like he, he can tell that half of these names are made up. Um, Can't bullshit a bullshitter. One of the places that he mentions is the fourth tomb of Nezarak, which implies that there's more than, you know, that there's at least three other tombs out sure. there, um, which would kind of link in with the whole, uh, you know, he shall rise again portion of it. But other than that, we didn't we didn't have any information since Season of the Drifter. Until Nezarek's Whisper, the glaive came around. And I think it is very important that we note that this weapon is a glaive. Normally, it doesn't really matter if something's a fusion rifle or an auto rifle or, or a bow or whatever. But we know that glaives have a very significant creation in the Destiny universe. Uh, all glaives, you know, glaives originated on Lubre, and all glaives after the destruction of Lubre are created by Rulk or designed after one of Rulk's designs. And in fact, the, the uh, Nezarak's Whisper Glaive, I think I can still see the, um, like the, the intro text. That one you might be ABC. able to pull up the yeah. full thing. I can't pull up the full thing for it, unfortunately. Uh, however, I can see like the the flavor text, not the lore card, but the flavor text. Sure. And the flavor text for Nazarek's Whisper says, "Rise, disciple, and bear this gift with pride." Rulk, disciple of the witness, was the one that spoke that line. Um. So this tells us a lot of things. This seems to imply that whoever was being given this glaive, presumably Nezarak, by it being named after him, right, uh, was declared a disciple and was gifted it by Rulk. And the lore card for Nezarak's Whisper, uh, which I can't read, but is more or less uh, Eris hopping via her ahamkara bone um she is in front of the luna pyramid and then she's inside the luna pyramid and then she's inside of a cave uh and she finds the nezarax whisper glaive on the floor of this cave uh, uh seemingly abandoned for you know I think it says in there like hundreds of years or, or something along those lines, um, centuries. And I, you know, mentions that there's still a whisper of its power uh, in the blade. So the, the guess that we've kind of come up with is that, you know, it seems pretty pretty clear Nezarak was most likely a disciple of the witness at some point. That would that and, would be the the obvious thing, right? Like the because yeah, that, he has a glaive and all glaives came from Rulk and Rulk says, Take this disciple, like that's I mean Yeah. Yeah. And but Nezarak 
sinned in some significant way. And by the telling of the helmet, it says his sin so wicked, so divine is he will never cower when dusk does fall, but stand vigilant as old stars die and new light blinks its first upon this fetid eternity. That does not line up with the witnesses end game in, in my opinion. Uh, if Nezarek is wanting to see old stars die and new, you know, new light, capital L, uh, blink into existence for the foreseeable, you know, for eternity, um, that does not line up with the witness wanting to, you know, bring the universe to its final shape. Right. Uh, and, you know, his sin was he will never cower when dusk does fall. I think that he, uh, you know, either revolted and was exiled or otherwise abandoned his position as a disciple and abandoned the witness and is doing who knows what now. So I, I, I kind of want to dive into that just, just a little bit. I know we're, we're, we're getting close to the end of the episode here. The first uh, lore entry from Nezrak Sin mentions pre-Golden Age. Yep. Uh, it says that this is the, the lore card is from a passage of a book called Of Hated Nezrak, a pre-Golden Age text. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of create a, a series of events of, of what I think happened here. What I think is that since, since this, since that says it is a pre pre golden age text and, and we know that the pyramid on the moon airs talks like this has been here since the collapse. And, and it's just, it's just been abandoned there basically. I think that Nezarak had to have been one of the disciples that 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 was his pyramid ship that the witness led the the darkness into the soul system for the collapse the collapse happened and after the collapse happened and the ghost were the ghost appeared and now there are these beings with paracausal power now Nezrak is looking at these beings with paracausal power thinking okay maybe the darkness isn't the only entity around because I'm curious if he thought that from the beginning. If he goes into this collapse thinking, "Okay, yeah, you know, the darkness is the only entity. I'm a I'm a disciple of the witness. You know, that's that's it. That's that's just the way the universe is supposed to be." Presumably, the witness would have shared some of his thoughts with him and said, "Hey, we're doing this to snuff out the light. Like we're we're trying to set the universe the way it's supposed to be. So I need you to come help me with this." But then he gets to the collapse and sees these, these, all these little ghosts and all these little light bearers, and and the other side of that coin, right? Like the other, the other half of that equation in the light and in the guardians, and thinking, well, shit, this is a paracausal ability too. Maybe we need to see this to fruition. Like, what, what if darkness isn't the only answer? Like, clearly, there's another ap- ability here, and maybe he either question the witness directly and was like hey um there's some shit going down here um maybe we let it see what happens and the witness was either like hey dude, screw you with the attica heresy like get out of here you heretic and kicks him out of his inner circle 
or Nezrak, like if if the if the if the glaive has been found abandoned, maybe he did just like see all this happen and just walk away and just be like, screw this. I'm not I'm not on board with this this idea of the end of the universe. I I see this new thing and and now I'm question like me as Nezrak, I am questioning my existence of what am I doing? Why am why am I following the disciple? What am I, what is his purpose? What is my purpose? What it what is our end goal? What is our true ideas of what we're doing? And he just throws his glaive down and is like, screw this. I'm gonna walk away. And then that is the ultimate sin, right? Like that is that it, that would be the ultimate sin of a disciple to 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 walk away from being a disciple, right? And then now like all all text and all everything for, about him has been scrubbed from the universe, and we're just we're just like we're finding little tidbits here and there, and that's all we can ever find. Yeah, and say it's it's an interesting idea. I think I think the sin is definitely him leaving the service of the witness in in some fashion. I think, I think that so. seems pretty. Whether it's being kicked out or voluntary. I I think it would have to be like I don't see the witness just letting somebody go. Right. <laughs> you know. Like they've imbued they've literally imbued them with darkness. Like there's darkness veins and vines growing inside them keeping them whole, I guess, like or whatever, like whatever the fuck's happening to Rulk and caretaker. If if he was if Nezarek was no longer valuable, I don't see the witness letting him live. Sure. I uh, so if, you know, presumably um, Nezarek is still out there somewhere because Eris is, uh, like at, at the end of that lore card on Nezarek's Whisper, Eris, um, you know, picks up the glaive and can still feel that it's getting power from somewhere. And she, she like says out to this cave, you know, like, where are you? And, and doesn't get a response. Um, but it seems to imply that its owner is still still out there somewhere uh which to me would mean like they they had to have fled they had to have you know run run away from the witness um well if if we want to go that route and i think that route maybe makes more sense that could maybe explain why the luna pyramid was abandoned on the moon because absolutely maybe maybe during the collapse they you know nazarek intentionally um like crash coursed it into the moon or or hid it in the moon and was using the the chaos of the you know darkness armies causing the collapse to get the just fuck peace out. out just straight up like throw my glaive down i'm 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 not dealing with this shit i'm going home mm-hmm. but so that's a little uh little side note about our good boy nezarek uh okay yeah so we have a little bit of insight on nezarek so yeah so that's that's the dungeon that's the seasonal stuff but obviously we're going to see more of this stuff throughout the season i don't i don't know that i'm kind of with myth on this i don't think that we're going to cover this stuff week to week and be like hey this is what's happening this week this week in destiny like just go play the mission guys like this is just our thoughts of 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 what kind of like the the subtones are like like what the what the very deepest ideas are happening here in the dungeon and in the sever mission and in the leviathan of like there's a lot of subtle story being told here just in like 
the the aesthetics of a place or you know where we're pulling these memories from in the dungeon whether it be the nightmare side or the dreamscape side like it's 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 ah it's so nuanced but it's so i i love that it's just it's so subtle and it's just it's just ripe for 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 taking and yeah woo taking cake no <laughs> um so yeah uh well did you have anything else you wanted to cover tonight myth uh no i think that that does it for tonight um oh, sweet. and say zora and i are, are still gonna we still gotta figure out exactly what we want to do next here and what makes the most sense with what's going on and yeah the, the current story um so there, there's a couple different ideas we've kicked around but we'll we'll see i uh, i did want to give we we do have a shout out tonight um this came to us from the apple podcasts uh where uh let's pull it up here this was a review left for us um by hootie mcbooty hootie mcbooty so, i love you. the name i fucking uh, love it <laughs> uh they left a five-star review thank you very much it says uh this is the exact podcast i wanted to find every hard to find uh very hard to find lore lore lords like these guys uh they have a great understanding of the game and listening to previous podcasts they're very good at stringing together clues to figure out future events uh best of luck and keep the episodes flowing also you talk about a previous mara Sov episode but it's not on the list yes so yes. uh the mara senna was one of the very first things we ever did a podcast ish thing about that is not available because uh the only <laughs> we we were really like we don't have professional setups by any means we're, we're really bargain binning it we were so newbish uh, then <laughs> oh younger zor if i had words with you <laughs> uh we were recording all of this by streaming it to youtube out of a playstation chat uh room and then pulling like downloading the the youtube video and stripping the audio and then using that and needless to say it is very low quality and a lot of the mara senna stuff did not survive the translation um and we have learned a lot since then uh but yeah some of those episodes uh since it is through playstation chat you have to set your voice to to share and we kept finding different devices to use. So like one of the episodes, it's only myth talking because I was using my son's PlayStation at the time and I forgot to set my my voice to record. And so it's literally just a bunch of dead space and then myth saying a bunch of stuff and then a bunch of dead space and then myth saying a bunch of stuff. And it's it's so bad. And then there's another one where myth was doing it from the uh from the app on the on the uh the mobile app. And it was great, fine, and dandy, but then it's just me saying a bunch of stuff and no audio from it. <laughs> so yeah, this this was that was a learning period for us. But uh, now that the uh, the Mara Center, it, the the or the Mara Senna books are out in a physical medium, uh, like the Books of Sorrow were, and and mm-hmm. Myth has those. Uh, they are Grimoire Volume Four, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, and I, we, we do intend to do, um, another telling of those. Cause we've learned a lot since we Absolutely. did that original, uh, and, and there's a lot more threads to tie together and, and maybe some hints that we didn't pick up on before. Um, so that, that is another Mara Senna series. Um, 
it'll probably be like a three or four barter uh is is gonna be happening i'm guessing that will be what we go to when there's another like slow period in the season uh maybe like the last you know four weeks of the season or something like that that's that's what i think too because that our our ultimate goal is to get uh every now that, now that we have kind of a, a and and we joke as much as this is an amateur setup like this is definitely more professional than what we do what we did before now we do local recordings like we're we're talking to each other over discord we're we're but we have our own personal local recordings that myth mixes together and and edits half of my ramblings out um <laughs> thank god because otherwise these would be like eight hour episodes uh but yeah so our our intent uh our intention is to get everything that we've covered in those old episodes in the playstation format and get them over to this format to the podcast format and to where they are just a uh, just a nice audio uh um recording so that's that's we 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 did one with the glycon uh we covered that i i i think the glycon was our very first episode it was like august uh like the first week of august uh last year um holy shit has it really been that long myth are we going on a year yeah <laughs> holy shit um that just hit me like yeah, a freight train that's awesome i know holy it, uh, shit it doesn't feel like it it doesn't we, dude this has been a, a fucking wild now. ride man this has been awesome uh See, i i should preface we didn't start posting on podbean uh, until like december <laughs> until december of, of 2021 uh but we started doing all of this back in in august of that year so yeah and we've went we've stuck with it and it's it's I mean, like I said, we—I uh, mean—we've seen the numbers in our followers. Like it's been absolutely amazing. Uh, I, shoot, we hit 20k this week. Uh, we 20K should 20k listens, not followers. 20, we, 20k listens. Yep, we right now are at um 19.5 awesome uh, thousand downloads from y'all, which is mind blowing <laughs> i think uh, we're on track to hit our 50k by the end of the year man <laughs> who knows who knows but um but yeah so thank thank you again to hootie mcbooty i just like saying that name i do uh for do. the the kind review and thank you to everybody else for continuing to listen to us and getting us to i i make i'm guessing based on the numbers i've seen we're we're probably gonna hit that 20k um by the end of this week or or early next, so that is phenomenal. I feel like we were just talking about ten k. How like, awesome that is! Like last week. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was so fast. Uh, I I love it. I freaking love it. Keep all those keep all those good vibes coming in. Absolutely. Uh, well, Miss. Uh, any other thank yous? No, I say that that is it for tonight say just thank you everybody yeah <laughs> uh i i guess i will say i will do our little plug yeah uh, if if this is your first time listening to us and you weren't already aware um we do have a twitter page it's just myths and stories with a z at the beginning of stories same as the title of the show uh if you would like to reach out to us just say hey i like your stuff or i uh, if you had um 
you know, questions about a particular piece of lore we talked about, or if you had additional info that you think maybe we missed, love to hear it all. As long as it's, it's presented in a respectful manner, I'm all for it. I love those kinds of discussions. Uh, so you can reach us there. And as you heard tonight, you might get a, get a shout out. Yay. Shout outs. So from all of us lore nerds to all of you guardians out there, we'll see you next week.